how many of you have ever wondered what your purpose of life is all about? I think, I think probably all of us have thought that or wondered that from time to time. And in looking at this topic, looking at this question, I see that I haven't seen any generation yet that is actually uncovered, you know, all of the different reasons why God gave us life. When we consider this question, there's a lot of different things that need to be taken into consideration. You know, we have to look at things uh, from a scientific level. We have to look at that. You know, God has given us, you know, intellect and he's given us a mind to think things through. And, and scientifically, we should look at life and say, what, what's the purpose here? You know, what, what are the advantages and disadvantages? We certainly have to look at it as Christians through theology and our religious understanding of, of God's word and look at the point of why God created life through his eyes. That's, that's one of the things that we need to do, uh, especially as Christians. Uh, we need to look at um, the purpose of life through things like ethics, uh, the battle between good and evil, so to speak. And also, in accord with this thing that God has given each one of us called free will. You know, how does that one work? How does free will play into the reason that I was born? You know, the reasoning behind why God has chosen to have me exist in the world at this particular moment. Why and how does my free will intersect with that? You have to add things into the equation like your soul, your afterlife, uh, consciousness, things, uh, emotions and happiness. All of these things we have to take into consideration as we try as people to answer the deepest question of life, which is what's the point? What's the purpose? I don't think we'll ever all get there. You know, you ask 100 people what they think, and you're going to get 100 different answers, of course. But there are a few things that people agree with. For the most part, people agree that life is short. You know, we, we got this life we've been given. There, there is a purpose somewhere for it. Uh, but but it's, the time period of it is very, very short, very regulated, if you will. Also, we understand that... Uh, most people agree that there is another life. There is something else after this. That somewhere, somehow, when this life ceases, when I pass away from this life, there's something else waiting for me. And there's various different beliefs on that. And another thing that most people agree with is that the way I live the life today is going to affect, or it's going to affect the way my life lives out in the future this next life, that what I do today affects the outcome in the future. So, yeah, life is short, and, you know, there is something coming, and the way I live today, it's going to affect it. It's going to affect it. In this series, I'm going to try to help each one of us understand, myself included, uh, what the purpose of this life that God has given to us is all about. Yeah, I know we can't answer it fully, and I know right now as a Christian, you're probably thinking, you know, I already know my purpose is to serve and love God. 
but really, what, is, what does that mean in its entirety? What does it mean to love and to serve God? You know, and how is that, you know, is that simply the purpose, the whole plan? You know, if there was ever anyone who's ever been in the right position to take on the challenge of answering that question, it would have to be King Solomon, who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes that we're going to study. But Solomon was a man, and he was a king in Jerusalem, and God said to him, he says, you know, you can have anything. I will grant you anything that you want. Wow, that's pretty cool. And what does Solomon do? Well, Solomon answers in this way, and it's on your screen for you. It says, Now, O Lord God, let your promise to my father be established. For you have made me king over a people like the dust of a multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge. You see, according to the Hebrew scriptures, this this response from Solomon to God's offer to give him whatever he wants, it impressed God because Solomon wasn't trying to be selfish. He was trying to look at the responsibilities that God gave to him as king in Jerusalem. Uh, and he, he wanted to fulfill that, uh, that, that, that gift that God had given to him in that leadership. He wanted to do it to the best of his ability, and he wanted to do it in the ways that God had planned for him to do it. Well, I want you to put this into a personal context right now. And here's the deal. The greatest lottery in the world is coming up. And you bought a ticket for this lottery, even though it was quite expensive. Now, this lottery, this greatest lottery in the world, it's not just money that you that you win. It could be money. But the, the prize attached to this lottery is anything, whatever you want. So put yourself in that position. You just won the lottery that says that you can have anything that you want. I mean, you can have wealth, you could have status, you could have money, you could have a harem, you could have whatever it is that you wanted. So the question is, what would you choose? And see, this is the same position that King Solomon put himself in um, when God said, I'll give you anything that you want. What is it that you would desire? And Solomon is like, you know, I, 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 wow, that's tremendous. I could have all kinds of stuff. Well, God was so pleased with him. He gave him not only the wisdom and knowledge, but money and status and all of those things. So it brings us back. What would you choose? Choose wisely. Guy by the name of Whitaker, he wins three hundred and fourteen million dollars in a Powerball lottery, and he needed to choose wisely too, but he didn't. Instead, he was arrested multiple times. He was sued multiple times. Um, his his wife, because of his messing around uh, and doing things with money, that she left him. He was keeping all his grandkids supplied with money, and one of them dried, died from a drug overdose. I mean, it was just one bad event after another. But the interesting part is, Whitaker said at the end of this time period, 
He said when the money was all gone, this is, this is his quote, he said, Since I won the lottery, there was no control over greed. So again, it brings us back to choosing wisely when we can choose whatever we want. There was another man by the name of William Post. And William Post had $3 in his bank account. So he buys a lottery ticket and he wins Pennsylvania Lottery $16.2 million. Well, another guy that needed to choose wisely. But what happened? A year later, one year later after he won the lottery, he was a half a million dollars in debt. He had to declare bankruptcy. He had been arrested for assault many times. Uh, even his own brother hired a hitman to kill him so that the brother could receive the, you know, he was the recipient of the will. So choose wisely. What is it that you would choose? Now, okay, we all want to think that we would choose, you know, the right thing all the time. But I started thinking about this, and I started going back into my high school days and thinking about, you know, some of the stuff that they taught us. You guys remember Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? Well, Maslow, he says there's five different levels of needs that people will search for, and they will make choices for in this particular order. The first one is your physical needs. That comes number one. You've got to take care of your physical needs. And number two would be food and safety. I want to make sure I have a safe place to live. I want to make sure I got food coming in so I can exist. And then from there, it goes into other things. Number three is love and belonging. I got to have relationships in my life. I got to have people. I got to be able to experience a relationship with other people and family and friends. The fourth one is esteem and status. And fifth one is self-actualization. You know, being all that I can be. So Solomon, with all of his basic needs met, you know, as you look at that list, he answers or tries to answer the deepest question of life. And that is, for Solomon, is if I have all of this, why am I so unfulfilled? If I have all of these things at my fingertips, if all of these needs have been answered, why is it that I don't see clearly the purpose of what my life is all about. Well, Solomon explores through this godly wisdom that he's been given, and he starts to learn. He starts to figure things out, and that's what this book of Ecclesiastes is about. And that's what you and I are going to draw out of his writings, is what is it that God is really saying here about the purpose of our existence? Well, Solomon starts to tackle things. The first one he tackles is this idea of selfishness. And this is what he writes. I said to myself, have fun and enjoy yourself. But this didn't make any sense. Laughing and having fun is crazy. What else? What good does it do? I want you to kind of hold on to that thought pattern that Solomon is going through here at this point. He's like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna check things out. I'm going to have fun, enjoy myself, and, and see if that starts to answer the question of why I'm here. Does it bring me satisfaction? Does it bring me fulfillment and enjoyment? Does it answer the question, why am I here? Is it simply to have fun and enjoy myself? 
But the scripture continues, and this is what it says. This is a continuation, and it says, I wanted to find out what was best for us during the short time that we live on the earth. So I decided to make I decided to make myself happy with wine and to find out what it means to be foolish. I really didn't want to be foolish myself. So I did some great things too, and I planted vineyards. I had flower gardens and orchards of fruit trees. I had pools of water where my trees could find water. I had, I owned slaves and their sons and daughters became my slaves. And I had rulers who brought me silver and gold and precious treasures. And I had more sheep and goats than anybody. I was the most famous person that ever lived in Jerusalem and I was very wise. I got whatever I wanted and I did whatever made me happy. But most of all, I want you to hear this from Solomon. After all those things he did and he tried, here's what Solomon says at the end of this. He says, but most of all, I enjoyed my work. Then I thought about everything that I had done, including the hard work. And it was simply a chasing after the wind. Nothing on earth is worth the trouble. You know... <laughs> I read this and I'm like, have you ever met somebody that just seems to be under a complete cloud? You know, there's always this dark cloud of, you know, poor me. What was that character, Eeyore? You know, always walking around, poor me. It's almost the way Solomon sounds here. But, but not really. I mean, Solomon has been blessed tremendously by God. And he's trying to figure out how he can serve God and, and fulfill the things that God has planned for him to the best of his ability. That's what he's trying to do. You know, and he says here in, in the, what the scripture I just read, he says, you know, I can live like a rock star and I can do all these things, but it doesn't fulfill. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't complete the yearnings that are inside my heart. Well, then Solomon decides it to test and to try his own talents, the things, the blessings, the abilities that God has given to him in himself, in his own life. And, and Solomon's like, you know, I have this talent of building and thinking things through and organizing and all these things. So he started to plan and he starts to work and he works very, very hard. And he builds and he creates and he dreams and then he turns that into realities. and. And that's where he found his satisfaction. See, Solomon finds that I can do all these things. I can have all these different things. But what brought me more satisfaction and joy and contentment than anything else is using the talents that God has given to me personally. Could that be part of the reason that you and I were created? You know, we all want to be Billy Grahams, and, and most of us feel like, you know, I've got, to, I've got to do something great for God. You know, I've got to do, you know, some wonderful thing for God in order to be happy and to fulfill my purpose for God. And that's not necessarily the case that we're learning here. You see, what we're learning is that uh, God has gifted each one of us differently. Every one of us is different. And God is saying to us, I want you to utilize your talents. 
in the best way that you can to fulfill my purpose for creating you. And through that, you will know joy and contentment and satisfaction like you've never known before. That's one of the reasons that I created you. You know, most of us are like, we all do the same thing. We, we go to school, we grow older, we get... Uh, we graduate and go to work, and then we try and be successful and enjoy life and and find security and purpose and you know and then we plan for this wonderful retirement, right? So we plan for this retirement and we and then we get there and we find out that something's missing. You know, retirement isn't always what it's made up to be. It's not always just you know, oh man, I'm just you know, having a Bud Light on the golf course every morning and enjoying this. That, that's not it at all. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with doing those things because God has created each one of us with different, different talents and gifts, and he wants us to enjoy those things fully. He really does. He really does. You know, look back. Another way to, to look at answering this question of, of what the purpose of my life is is look back at the beginning of how God created the earth and when he first created humankind, created Adam and Eve. If we look at that, what we see is God creating this perfect world to live in. You know, the Garden of Eden. You know, it had everything just so. Everything was perfect. The animals weren't fighting and eating each other and people, you know, all that kind of stuff. And God creates Adam and Eve. And then he gives them work to do. He gifts them the same way he gifted Solomon, the same way he gifts you and I. He gave them a purpose. You know, go and name the animals, subdue the earth, you know, and, and all these different things that uh, the book of Genesis tells us about that event, about that time period in history, is go and do these things. And one of them is to be in a relationship with God, one-on-one. -on -one. Can you imagine? one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, face-to-face. -face. You know, they had every reason to be totally content, totally be happy. But we know how that worked out. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 2, starting with verse 24, gives us another view of Solomon's answer. And it tells us again, um, some of the things that Solomon is saying here is, Probably the, the thing that we need to look at. Here's what Ecclesiastes 2.24 says. The best thing we can do is to enjoy eating and drinking and working. I believe that these are God's gift to us. And no one enjoys eating and living more than I do. That was Solomon. If we please God, he will make us wise. He'll make us understanding, and he'll give us happiness. But if we sin, God will make us struggle for a living. And he will give all that we own and all that we accomplish to someone who pleases him. This makes no more sense than a chasing of the wind. You know, again, what's he saying here? He's saying that each one of us is gifted with certain things. Utilize those gifts. Share those gifts with others. And along the way, give God the recognition for the blessing that he has poured out in your particular life and in mine. 
because all of us are different. All of us are gifted in different ways. All of us can contribute to what God is doing here in the world in different ways. We really can. So I want to encourage you today, don't just sit back and think that, you know, if I'm not a Mother Teresa or something like that, then, you know, I just, I'm not sure I'm doing the things that God wants me to do. The first place to look is in the talents that God has given to you. And follow through on those. You know, utilize those for fulfillment and enjoyment and also utilize them to bring glory to God. It really is a very simple program. The problem is we, our humanity gets in the way. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I want recognition. I want someone to look up to me. I want someone to, you know, admire my sense of, you know, wisdom or whatever, you know, in order to find my sense of contentment and satisfaction. That's what we think. That's how we feel. But God is saying here through this scripture that, you know, everything you need to fulfill the purpose that I made you for, I created you for, and to experience this joy and contentment forevermore, it's already there. It's in you if you simply look for it. 